first reading this morning is from the book of Acts, chapter 2, starting with verse 42, and is subtitled, The Fellowship of the Believers. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Good morning. If you would please stand with me. Our reading this morning is from 1 John chapter 4, and I'm reading verses 7 through 12. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. That ends the reading. Please be seated. Well, again, um, it's my privilege this morning to kind of carry on our series, and uh, we'll be talking about love is why we gather. And in particular, what I'm going to be focusing on this morning is not how we gather every Sunday together to worship corporately, but in particular, I want to focus on when we gather in smaller groups, when we really experience community together. And we are a church that, that does a pretty good job with small groups. Um, some of our numbers are, are very impressive. We have a lot of you in small groups. In fact, I was, I was speaking to uh, someone out in the narthex who's like, I don't need one of these sheets. I'm already in four small groups. Right? All right, Claudia. All right, yep. And actually, I think she's in like five. She's just gotten old and forgotten about one of them. But... That was just, that's not, that wasn't very nice. True, but not nice. All right. And so we talk about small groups, and, and we're going we're gonna to spend some time uh, really digging in. But at the heart of this is the very heart of God, right? God wants us to be together in community. We experience that throughout scriptures. The one we just read a moment ago, right, it's very clear that when we embrace God's love, the way that we tangibly can express God's love is by loving one another, right? And loving one another is not simply just what we get to do when we pass the peace and we shake hands, but, but there's, a, there's a deeper thing that we're called to, an authentic community. It was expressed in that first passage we read, right? The very early church in Acts. The early church in Acts did not look like what we experience here today. It didn't. It was a smaller gathering in a home, and they would share meals together, and to be honest, by most 
theologians' you know, expertise and studying, we think that they met probably every day. They gathered together every day. They would get in a home. They would share communion. They'd share a meal. They would talk about their faith. They were living life together. In fact, in, in that passage as we read, we find out that they shared everything. They sold their possessions, and everyone kind of pitched in, and they all sort of contributed. It was really almost like a commune. But it was just really the, the epitome of community. And Jesus calls us to express our love in that type of way. It might not look like what the early church experienced, but that we are regularly expressing our love for one another in deep and meaningful ways. And so this morning I want to take a little bit of time and dig into to what might that actually look like in the context of a, of a small group or in a community of people. A small group doesn't necessarily even have to be gathering around a table for a Bible study. It could be what happens after our service today out in the courtyard. It could be what happens when you invite another couple over to your house for dinner, right? Authentic biblical community can look like a lot of different things. But the one thing that is very clear is that this all starts with God's love. When we embrace God's love, if we truly understand the depth of love and grace that God has shown us, we cannot help but share that with each other. And so, when we talk about small groups, I'm talking about something that's rich and meaningful and deep, not necessarily something like this. Are you tired of small groups always getting into your business, trying to get you to share your feelings, discuss your past, confess your sins? Are you just looking for a place to kick it, network, maybe get some free grub? Me too. That's why I created what I believe to be the world's first openly shallow small group. We're not here to deal with messy stuff like feelings and emotions. You got problems? You deal with that. You're an adult. Life ain't easy. So stop the pity party. We all have our issues. We don't really want to do life together. Frankly, at Shallow Small Group, we try not to do much of anything at all. You'll never hear us use the term, unpack that thought. We're sure it's packed away for a really good reason. <laughs> and you'll never hear us use the term accountability unless you're talking about someone who deals with numbers. Hey, dude, thanks for doing my taxes. You have great accountability. And spiritual growth? Who wants growth? I had a growth removed last week. It wasn't pleasant. There's no pressure here to remember each other's name. What's going on, buddy? Oh, hey, man. How's it going? That's yeah, good. Hey, Chief. Oh, dude. Captain, what's going on? We know you have a name, and that's the important thing. Group discussion? You got tickets to the big game? Sweet. Let's spend some time on that. Oh, you and your wife are struggling financially? There's tension in the relationship? That's not really the vibe we're going for. We avoid conflict like the plague. Wants cake. <laughs> and there will never, ever be an awkward silence. That's our guarantee to you. 
We hate bad theology as much as the next guy, and we know the surest way to prevent bad theology is to avoid theology altogether. And outreach? This is the only outreach you'll ever have to do. Some people say we're superficial, but hey, the word supers and superficial. I mean, who doesn't want to be super? Shallow small group, because when things get too deep, people drown. <laughs> Won't you join us? So when we talk about community, that is not what we're talking about. <laughs> but the reason that's funny is because sometimes we do resist community, right? Because community can be uncomfortable. It means opening myself up. It means being vulnerable. It means sharing my feelings. I mean, right? Those, those awkward silences can be uncomfortable, so much so that, that Kathy tried to eliminate it for us, right? <laughs> You know, and, and so we're talking about something that is a simple concept that's clearly in the Bible, but it's not easy. And so let's take a moment and just really dig in. Number one, we gather because we're called to share God's love with one another. In the passage I just read, it said that we haven't seen God, but what we have seen is each other. And so we have the opportunity then to share God's love with each other. John Owen is a famous uh, English theologian. And he says, God loves life into us. That was one of his famous quotes. That, that God has so much love and grace that he pours out into us that God literally loves life into us. And in turn then we are called to the love life into each other. To take that love that is overflowing in our hearts and share it with one another. And so in the context of a small group, I want to talk about what that would actually look like. Right? Because we take this, this love with God that is on the vertical plane, right? Between us and God, and God calls us to share it on the horizontal plane. C.S. Lewis went as far as to say, if we do not love each other on a horizontal plane, we cannot love God on a vertical plane. John writes the same thing right here in this passage. And so we are called to share that love with one another. We gather first to encourage each other. To encourage each other in the faith. I've got a quote here that I cannot read. So, again, in the writings of John Owen, he says, one of the ways that we can encourage each other most is when we give each other actual, meaningful feedback. In other words, instead of just simply, hey, that's a nice outfit, or you look good, or, or something superficial or shallow, to really dig in and say things like this. Can I tell you something that I admire about you? Can I tell you how I've seen you share God's grace with another person? Our words can help each other experience God's grace and love in a, in a very tangible and real way in our lives. 
Our words have the power of life and death. When James talks about the tongue, he said it's the most powerful of all of our muscles. Because it has the ability to affect so positively and so negatively. And so we're called as Christians to share God's love. And we can do that by encouraging one another. Has anyone ever had someone really lift them up and encourage them verbally? Right? The power in that is tremendous. And you know when you have people in your life that act that way and speak that that love into you, you want to be around them. It's attractive. It's something that is incredibly powerful and meaningful in our lives. When someone's able to look at you and say, you know what, man, you've really impacted me because of this. There are few things that are more life-giving than expressing love in that way. Now God's, God's love for us is something that we know to be true, right? We read about it in his word. We experience it when we gather together. We talk about it regularly. But in terms of tangible experiences of that, the best way we can experience God's love is through each other. One, one pastor says it this way, that we're called to be Jesus with skin on for the rest of the world. In other words, we are representatives of Christ, and so therefore, we are called to take God's love and give it out to each other. And one of the best ways we can do that is by encouraging each other with our words. Or if you're not wired that way, encouraging someone with a note. Write a note down. Tell someone what you appreciate about them, how they've impacted you. Lift them up. There's incredible power in that. We also gather together to build up one another. And I'm not talking about building up in terms of encouraging anymore. I'm talking about building up or, or growing in our faith. One of the very best ways we can, we can grow in our faith is right there in the Bible. It's iron sharpening iron, right? It's the whole idea of that when we're together, we, we can build each other up. We see things in each other and we encourage and we direct and we guide. Anyone ever see uh, the movie or read the book Tuesdays with Maury? Such a great example of this. And if you're not familiar, I'll, I'll kind of fill you in. But um, Mitch Album is kind of a famous sports writer. And he's, he's written other things as well. But... Uh, he wrote this book, Tuesdays with Maury, and it was about his college professor, Maury. His favorite college professor, and they had been close in college, but um, they had sort of lost touch a little bit, and, and Mitch went on, and he was very successful, but incredibly unhappy in his life. Not, not, not due to any circumstances. He was successful, he had money, he was married, he had kids. All of that was good, but it still wasn't satisfying. It wasn't happy. And, and then all of a sudden he's watching television one day and he sees an interview with his old professor, Maury. And it, it turns out that Maury was, was dying of, of Lou Gehrig's disease, ALS. And what Maury was doing, instead of just 
like what some people might do of saying, hey, here's my bucket list. I want to go to Disney World. I want to play golf at Augusta. I want to um, do this or do that. He wasn't doing any of those kinds of things. He said, with my last days on earth, I want to impact people and share love with people the best I can. So he opened up his house. He reached out to his former students, to anyone he wanted, and, he, and every day he engaged in dialogues with people to try to build them up, to help them to do better in life. And Mitch Album found out about this, and so he went and he met with Maury, and he started meeting with him on Tuesdays, hence the title of the book. And so for 14 Tuesdays, Mitch Album came into Maury's living room, and they talked about life. And Maury talked about how everyone is a teacher and everyone's a learner. And he, he built up Mitch to the place that, that Mitch understood new truth about life, about love. And that's the picture of community that we all need to get, and that's what we need to do with each other, that we're called to build each other up. In the context of community, we encourage each other and we make each other better. I don't know if you have people like that in your life, but we all need them. People that just make us better, that build us up. We also gather together to serve one another. Now, you might say, but I don't like to serve. <laughs> yeah, but we're called to. In fact, what did Jesus say on the subject? He said the Son of Man, meaning himself, came to serve, not to be served. Jesus took three years and he gathered together this, this group and we've talked about the disciples and how they were kind of you know, not necessarily the best group in the world, but he took this group and what did he do? He didn't have them serve him and he served them constantly. Washing their feet, building them up, encouraging them. And one of the things that we're called, one of the tangible ways we can express God's love in this world is by serving each other. In the context of community. I've, I've shared this story before, but it still to this day is the best um, experience of community that I've ever experienced. And when, I, when, when Sarah and I were sort of newly married, we, we were about to have our second child. And uh, we were kind of at a stage in life where we had planted a church and also opened a coffee shop. And so, um, number one, when you first start a church, well, always in church, you don't really get rich as a pastor, right? Unless you, you're a healing ministry thing, you know, but I haven't figured all that out. But we started this church, and then we also took all of our savings and dumped it into this coffee shop that we thought would be a nice launching pad for the ministry, and, and it was but we went through this period where there was no money. If I didn't get good tips that day, we might not have dinner. And I remember, you know, we're trying to figure out how do we pay for this second kid, and we're, we're trying to, you know, get diapers, and, and then my, my Mazda protege, which was my, the pride of my life, 
what I thought was this ultimate reliable car, broke down. And I had no money to fix it. And I'm thinking, what am I going to do? Well, the church plant we had started had, was called Impact Community. And, and the whole concept that we had behind this is we were going to be a community of believers that really tried to be like that early church and lifted each other up. And I remember all of a sudden, one guy said, I think I can fix your car. I said, are you a mechanic? He's like, no, but I used to be a snowmobile repairman. I think I can do it. I mean, that thing ran great on those snow tires. But, you know, beggars can't be choosers, and he came over, but it wasn't just my friend Jason that came over. It was like 25 people that came over, and they filled our refrigerator with groceries, and they brought over boxes and boxes of papers. I think I still have some. My kids are all out of them, but maybe I'll use them someday. You know, I don't know. They're probably not my size. And, um... And they came and they, were, and they were grilling hamburgers and they brought over, you know, everyone's, you know, having a beer and eating hamburgers. And I'm like, this is community. This group saw that I was in need and they came simply to serve me. It was amazing. And the love that I felt through that experience was life-giving. It was like the love that John Owen talks about when he said, God loves us to life. And we're called to do that for each other. And I experienced that that day. And I have many other times in my life, but that day in particular, to see this community come around and lift up and serve someone. Acts of service isn't even my love language. I would have been fine if they just told me I was awesome. I'm a words of appreciation guy. But I experienced God's love in this, this tangible, real way that day. And it was incredibly life-transforming. We also gather together to challenge one another. One of the things we're called to do in, in the context of community as we love each other is we're called to challenge each other. The Bible uses a different word. It says, spur one another on, but I really didn't want anyone to put on cowboy boots and kick each other, right? But that's the picture of what we're called to do as Christians. To challenge each other, to spur each other on. I've got a challenge for you right now, actually. It's an easy one. Everyone got one of these in your bulletin. For a lot of you, maybe you're already involved in community. You're in a small group. You're, you're experiencing the things that I'm talking about this morning. That is awesome. But some of you may not be, and maybe you're saying, Pastor Dave, that sounds awesome. I'd love something like that. Well, I'd like for you to take, it'll probably take you less than a minute. Right now, in the middle of the sermon here, I want you just to take a minute and fill this out. If you'd like to be in a small group, just check the box there. If you... Maybe you're in a small group or maybe you're not, but I, I would be really curious the types of things you would be interested in having in a small group so we can work with our small group leaders to help provide those. Or maybe you said, hey, I would be willing to host a small group. One of our challenges right now is we have small groups at Advent that have been meeting for 25 years. Seriously. 
The same group has been meeting for 25 years. So that's awesome, but we need new groups because we do have a lot of people that are connected, but we also have people here that are not connected. And so we need people to step up and to say, hey, I would be willing to host a small group. You don't have to be a theological scholar. Guys, we have, as a church, invested in this thing called Right Now Media. It's a great resource. All you have to do is open your home, host, and you have to be able to work a remote. So if you can't work a remote, yeah, that might disqualify some of you. We can help you work a remote, right? And all you got to do is, is, is get pull Right Now Media up. And there's amazing Bible studies from the, some of the best teachers in the country. And so I'm going to challenge you. Fill, take, take 60 seconds and fill this out right now. And in a moment when the offering pick comes by, drop it in. You don't need to put your name unless you, unless you are interested in hosting or being part of a small group because then we won't know who you are. While you're doing that, I want to talk about um, how I've experienced this in my life. You know, we gather in a community to challenge one another, to build each other up. And, and you know, one of the best people at doing that sometimes is our spouse. You know, for me, my wife Sarah has been awesome at challenging me, always pushing me to be excellent, to be the best that I can possibly be. You know, encouraging me to, to, to work harder, to do better. And that's, that's a big part of community. I would, I, would, I would try to do that for her, but she's already like the best CrossFitter in the world, or fourth, or the only woman who's on the SWAT team in Broward County. So I don't know what else I can encourage her to do better at. But she, she has been that for me, and other people have as well. And that's, that's such a blessing to have people that are pushing you. Not in, not in a negative way, not, you know, not, not challenging you like you need, you know, but but more in a way of, hey, I see this in you. I know you can do this. Again, in a way like John Owen describes as life-giving love. Evan, we've, we've been known by people that visit, by everyone as a church that loves really well. And so thank you. Thank you for that. That, that makes a pastor proud. I, I can't take credit for that because you've been known for that before I ever got here. But I want to say just continue to press on. To be that tangible representation of God's love here on earth to each other. That we as a church could be a people that love life into each other. Amen.